Hey, it's Bob Fibbs, The Retail Doc. Thanks for joining me on my podcast, Tell Me Something Good About Retail, where I interview some of the best entrepreneurs and retailers and people who deal with retail in a new and exciting podcast format each week. So join me live here, or you can also find out more about me at retaildoc.com. That's R-E-T-A-I-L-D-O-C.com. Let's get going. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. Today I get to speak to Patricia Fripp, past president of the National Speakers Association. She shares her journey from being an in-demand hairstylist in San Francisco and salon owner to becoming speaker, speech coach, and sales trainer. I know you'll want to take a listen. Not only is she fun and authentic, but she also has great takeaways, including if you give a business card or if you ask for a referral, be specific who that person should give it to. Have a listen. Hey, it's Bob Fibbs, The Retail Doc. I am here today with Patricia Fripp, who is a longtime friend and a great uh, fashionista. And uh, for here, I'm actually at NSA, which is the National Speakers Association. Patricia is a um, former head of uh, CEO, past president president of uh, legend. Total legend. In fact, she is the reason why I got into speaking in a lot of ways, but that's a whole other story. So if you're just joining me, it is a special broadcast. Tell me where you're coming in from. Type it in. Let me know so I can see it. Give me some thumbs up. Give me some love. You may not know her yet, but when you are done with this interview, you are going to say, wow, I had no idea. So uh, let's start off. Um, This is just talking about retail, and I I love the idea that uh, you have a connection to retail. So what's your connection? Tell our viewers what's your connection. Well, I am at the National Speakers Association because now I'm a speaker and speech coach and sales trainer. However, when I first arrived at the National Speakers Association, I was San Francisco's number one men's hairstylist when that was a relatively new industry. And I traveled the country delivering seminars for other hairstylists, helping them merchandise, sell their product. But I first went to work at age 15 in England, uh, serving a three-year apprenticeship to be a woman's hairstylist. And I was very lucky, Bob, because I had a dad who was in the real estate business. He was a self-made local businessman who in our small community was outrageously successful. But he started with nothing, built it himself. And the first day he pushed me out to get the bus my first day of work. He said, Patricia, in your career, don't concentrate on making a lot of money. Concentrate on the type of, becoming the type of person people want to do business with, and then you most likely will make a lot of money. And Bob, my first boss, Mr. Paul. That's a great story, by the way. Pay attention. Okay, good. So, of course, it doesn't matter how good our marketing is unless we're actually nice. Because as I tell my clients, if, if you are the same as anybody else, as far as the pricing, the type of services, the person who's most likable and, of course, has the best presentation is likely to get the business. But back to my simple career. My first boss, Mr. Paul, my dad paid the equivalent of $250 for me to go and work for four and a half dollars a week. And it cost me two and a half dollars to get work on the bus. But that was serving an apprenticeship. And he was a brilliant hairstylist. And I got to work with him closely because I was the most organized, efficient apprentice. We're not surprised by that fact in the least. (laughs) And I 
I saw him treat every woman who came in our salon like the only one in the world for the amount of time that she was there. Now, as a young woman, I thought, well, that's really very nice. That's, that's generous. That's good. And then when I became a little older, a little more sophisticated and understood business more, I realized that it was brilliant because he was nice to the rich little ladies who lived in the penthouse of the Carlton Hotel. He was equally nice to the waitresses who worked in the Carlton Hotel. So why, do, why does that matter when you think, oh, you take care of the, the person who has the, the most money, ones. right? Well, the, the retired elderly women probably played bridge and had lunch with the same six friends all the time. Whereas a waitress who is serving a high-end clientele who is there mostly on vacation, and if they were paying for the, the, that hotel's fees, the price of their hairstylist didn't matter. And so they would look at the waitress and say, oh, I like your hair. I need my hair done while I'm here. We're going out to the theater tomorrow. And so I realized a waitress's sphere of influence was a lot greater than the amount of money she could invest every month. In fact, I think he probably carried them some months when they were, because he, he obviously realized that. And, and so, but it I, wasn't a calculated thing. Oh no! It just happened to be like, oh, yes. and so that works along with that same philosophy, right? Yes, it is all the same philosophy. So I was lucky to be trained by good bosses who really reflected my dad's philosophy. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. And you had your own salon in San Francisco. You were very successful, and uh, you told me that you could sell product. You know, one of the things I worked with an awful lot of hair care and spa people out there. By the way, if you're just joining me, I'm Bob Fibbs, the Retail Doc. You probably know me, but visit RetailDoc.com. Or I'm here with Patricia Fripp, who is the past president of the National Speakers Association, and her website is Fripp, F-R-I-P-P.com. And we'll talk more about that at the end. But what uh, things that fascinated me is so many spas and so many brands say, oh, I can't get the stylist to sell product, and it's so hard because everybody's on the Internet, and, and they all buy it at the yeah. grocery store, and nobody wants to buy my product. And yet you did a great job with that. I did a very good job. I, of course, now I arrived in England, at, uh, arrived in America 20, no job, nowhere to live, didn't know anyone, $500. And I worked at the Mark Hopkins Hotel, and then I, I parlayed that into a job working in the first really posh men's hairstyling salon. And I was one of the last two students of the legendary hairstylist Jay Sebring. And last night it was a TV program about Manson and Sharon Tate. Of course, my boss was unfortunately murdered. However, he was brilliant. That's not part of the story. No, this isn't part of the story. But what I learned from him, it's not, it's, it's how the importance of PR and promotion was to business. Well, when I went business for myself when I was 30, uh, I started traveling nationwide for uh, hairstylists who've been associated with Jim Mark, with the JC ring. And J Jim Markham, who went on, he started ABBA and Pureology, sold them for millions of dollars. Anyway, great training. But he used to say, when we, in, in your salon, Stack them high and watch them buy. But he took, but, well, and that was the time, Bob, when many of the hair product companies 
were going into the chemical makeup. And they still do that a lot. I know. So with me... Did you as, care as, about that stuff? No, no. As a men's hairstylist, what I would do, I would do their hair and look and say, wow, you look good. And they would say, oh, yes. And I said, would you like your hair to look that good every day? And I remember, oh, so many people said, oh, it's not possible, is it? And I said, well, yes, I need you to use this much shampoo, this much conditioner, leave it in, and then you have to take this hairbrush, and I would hold their hand and, and help them brush their hair, and now you just need a little hairspray, this is how you do it, and they would walk out the bag of So here's the thing I don't get. So you're a stylist. Yes. You have to make, you're here to make money. I mean, you like cutting hair, but, right? So why is it so darn hard to convince stylists that, but wait a minute, I'm an artist. I don't want to sell. I well, want to you're sell not selling. You see, that's the point. It's not selling. You are serving. You are letting your clients know your recommendations. And one of my... It's, your, it's your business. Is it your well, business card if she walks out looking bad? Yes, right? I mean, because this is the important part is I say, I need you to look this good every day, not only for you, but of course, and this is something else I did naturally. No one taught me this, but I would give everyone three business cards. I say one is for you, and two is for the next two people who tell you I got your hair looks. Oh my gosh, that is a brilliant tip. Well, no, you don't know that's brilliant, but you're brilliant. Because well, think about that. Wow. Now, had you ever been taught that? No, but it seemed common sense. You love the experience. And, and you have to remember in those days, men's hairstyling was so new. And we were charging three times more than the barber. But people were looking so good, they couldn't believe it. You knew they were going to get compliments. In fact, many of my clients said, I was at a dinner party last weekend you know, with, with five your five couples, and all the men were talking about coming here as their hairstylist, and women didn't say anything except, oh yes, and he looks a lot better. So this was it, but it was just, and then, of course, they'd be regular. I said, there's your three people. I know, I've already got one. These are the people who tell me how good I look. Because this is an important point, and this is true in the speaking industry. People will say, please refer me. Well, as our friend Alan Weiss says, if I tripped over a prospect for you, how would I recognize them? So if you give a business card or if you ask for a referral, be specific who you should give it to. Boy, that's another brilliant tip. Now, this woman has created a brand, which uh, if you're not in the speaking world, you don't know, but is a rock star. And she is always, always promoting. And I mean that in the best way. Because, let's face it, there's a lot of speakers here, right? Yes. And they're all going after your business. Let's be honest. Yes. We're all going after each other's business. But the funny thing is, it's only my business for today because, you know, once they've used Patricia or someone else, they're going to need me or somebody else. So we're not in competition. That's one of the nice things about NSA that we all learn that, oh, we're greater together. Yes. And I think that's the challenge with a lot of retailers. You're in it alone and you face challenges and then you call up other people who kind of allow you to go into that bad feeling and we can't afford to do that. And I think yeah. that's the same in retail. Is there a challenge that you had to overcome in your business and how you might have done that? What be, whether it's in your salon business or speaking, what comes to mind? And by the way, hi, uh, good morning from San Antonio. And Michelle says that's why having a hairstylist that loves what they do matters. It is very important. And I'll, if I may sure. go back sure. to that, 
when I would finish cutting somebody's hair, especially when we transformed them, I would say, oh, you look so good. I have to show the other staff. And I would take them around and say, oh, look, look, did you see when he walked in? Can you see how good he looks? Because if you aren't getting joy and, and so proud of what you did and want to show him off, and then, of course, I had all women staff. So you can imagine men say if suddenly they've got seven women, oh, you look wonderful, your wife is going to be thrilled. And then they would walk into their, their offices and everyone would turn around and say, Larry, poor John. Yeah. Yes, the gasp that they got when they walked into and, their home and their offices was worth the price of admittance. And they just had them to have a few cards to help. Oh, yes, exactly. It just happened. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. No, no. Well, what you were doing, you were told you asking about challenges. Yes. And, well, the challenge, as an entrepreneur, I was obviously a self-starter. I was raised by parents who I saw worked really hard. And I have a brother who, if you have any rock and roll fans out there, Robert Fripp, According to Rolling Stone magazine, the 42nd best guitarist in the world, living or dead. Uh, his group is King Crimson, traveling in Europe at the moment. They'll be performing in Munich oh tonight. Oh my gosh, how exciting. And uh, he played on David Bowie's Heroes. Anyway, my brother is brilliant. And I realized as a young woman, look, my brother's considered by many a genius, and I'm average. But I realized that you don't have to be the best. You don't have to be the smartest. You just have to get up a bit early. You have to do more. You have to do a little more. And when I first left home, Bob, I went to an island off France called Jersey. It's British, but have their own government. And I worked in this posh salon with gentlemen from the West End of London who could do hairstyles I'd never even seen before. But one day my boss said, Patricia, you bring in 30% more income for the salon. The, and that was better than the stylists who were more experienced. And their base salary was three times more than mine. Because they thought lunch hours were for eating lunch. And I realized lunch hours were for squeezing in three or four people who could only come at lunchtime. And, and so when I first came to America, worked at the Mark Hopkins Hotel and discovered that hairdressers in America make 50% commission. Now, no guarantee, no sick pay, no vacation pay. But to me, that was a license to steal. And my boss, Charles, said, Patricia, go back to England, bring over 28 of your friends. I'll become a multi-millionaire. And I said, Charles, I've never seen anyone who worked the way I do. But it was good work habits and, and in retail and small business, in any business, really. You want to be exceptional, stand out, just now, you, you can be and consistently doing more, right? Not that one day when you feel like it. Yes. There's days well, you don't feel like it, right? It. Yeah, people often say, but, well, what if you've got to speak to 2,000 people you don't feel like it? You don't ask yourself the question. You live up to your professional responsibilities. That's why I'll say, you know, get your clothes ready the night before. Well, how do I know what I'm going to feel like? You don't dress for how you feel. You dress for what you're going to do. Well, think about that, yeah. retailers. So there it is. Yeah. The week of Christmas, 
and you're like, I hate Christmas music, and you allow that thought in your head, and no, now you're walking no. in to wait on someone like Patricia, who wants to get all of her shopping done, she loves your boutique, she loves all yes. these things, and now she has this feeling like, it doesn't quite feel right, what is it, when you started it, because you didn't, you were waiting for the feeling to come into you. Oh, no, you take the feeling. Now, what I would like to do is, Ralph, if, I am a great consumer, I am a fabulous consumer, in fact, you, people see me come. And when you see the picture of us after this, you'll yes. understand this woman Well, is. you will understand when you see the photo of this jacket. I was speaking for a group at the Del, Con Corona Del Coronado Hotel in San Diego. And I walked to find the meeting room the night before because I don't have much sense of direction. These enormous conventions, you need to know exactly where you're going if you've got to be there at 7 in the morning. And, and opposite, I saw this beautiful shop with this jacket in the window. Oh, my goodness. So as soon as I had finished my my program, I popped my head in the door and said, how much is that jacket? Well, there was a wonderful, vivacious, dynamic, incredible sales professional. She was, I think, French, good accent, oh, you know, nice. just helps with yeah. the retail, little accent. Well, to cut a long story short, not only did I buy from the jacket, the slacks, and the top that I have, I bought, I don't know, maybe uh, I bought the evening outfit oh. I'm going to wear tomorrow night for the CPAE. Uh, I, I bought probably I know, 15 items. I won't tell you what I invested, but I'm the type of person, if I'm having a wonderful experience and I find a store that I like, especially a boutique or, or something, you know, a Nordstrom where people are giving you attention if they earn the sale. This is it. Some people earn your business and we've all walked out of businesses where we wanted to buy what they were selling, but they weren't giving us the service. I'm not giving you the satisfaction. I'm going somewhere else. So she made it a wonderful experience. Another time, and this is going back decades. Okay. I walked in the North. She started as a child. Yes, but I, I started as a shopper. I was trained by my go. mother. But this was many years ago. But when Nordstrom's was first in, in San Francisco and, you know, wonderful. And I walked in, I said, I want a pair of black shoes. And he, and he said, how much do you want to spend? Now, this is a long time ago. I said, yeah. oh, about $100. And he brought three pairs. He said, these are 80, these are 100, and these are 120. And he looked at me and he said, you know, it is my job to bring them out. Well, I ended up buying five pairs of shoes from him because he was fun. He made it, it, made it an experience. So here's the thing I want you all to yeah. listen to is, what is Patricia really saying here? Your customer is not finite. She doesn't, she doesn't have like, here's the $100 bill that's it you don't know how high it is up until she finally just says you know i don't even care about this out or can you ship it? <laughs> i'll but, help you but, yes but you're yes. so thrilled you get that one item right yes. so so he could have bought the 80 dollars shoes here here you go and you yeah. might have bought them and that's fine but the reality was you don't stop because no. once i made that connection once i trust you yes which is true in speaking and it's true in retail and it's true in everything once i trust you it's easier for us to just do business together, and I want to do more of it, and I really don't want it to stop. When you say as a customer well, that Well, because this wonderful woman, she knows this designer, She's I like flashy clothes, she sends me 
photographs. And she'll send me the clothes. You can try them on. Send me back what you don't want. But now, is it all about your price? Is it all about price point? No, it's all about feeling, which is what I talk yes. about all the time. Look, yes. if you make people feel they matter, they buy more. And that's why retail is dying for so many retailers, because I feel worse going into your brick and mortar store. You're sitting around, you have Bitter Betty behind the counter. She doesn't like being there. You think that your products are unique. They aren't. Your products are boring. I can get them anywhere. What I can't get is a feeling of walking down a corridor late in the afternoon, seeing the scrumptious jacket, and having someone probably saying, well, why don't we try at it on least, first, right? At least 60 people have asked me where I bought my jacket, at least. And do you remember where? Well, the Dell Do you all Hotel? remember? We all do. Yes, hey, you're all giving me great thumbs up. If you enjoy these kind of things, uh, I am Bob Fibbs, the retail doctor. This is Patricia Fripp uh, with Fripp.com with two P's. And uh, we have an awful lot of hearts, a lot of people saying this is just wonderful. Good. Now, may I tell your friends my favorite retail store? Wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> One day I was all dressed up, I'd just given the speech, and I had an appointment downtown San Francisco to meet with the gentleman who's considering hiring. And his assistant said, well, Miss Fripp, he's going to be half hour late. Would you like a cup of coffee? I said, no, no, not a problem. I'm going to go to the store opposite buy a pair of pantyhose. And as I walked in, this dynamic, vivacious young woman, I said, well, good afternoon. Don't you look nice? Uh, what are you looking for? And I said, oh, I just need a pair of hose. She said, well, come to the shoe department and talk to me. So I bought a couple of pairs of shoes, walked over to the shoe department, and I must tell you, I have more sh I mean, Imelda Marcus would come by and admire the amount of shoes I own. And I thought, well, I could do with a turquoise pair of shoes. So as I was looking down, looking at my new shoes, she said, you know, you really do look nice. What do you do? And I told her I had traveled the world talking about good and bad customer service. And she said, I knew you were somebody important. And she said, for some, in fact, I said, well, next week, I'm going to the National Speakers Association Convention, and they are going to make me their first woman president. She said, for somebody that important, do I have a dress for you? And she brought out this outrageously expensive beaded evening dress. And Bob, until I met that woman, I had no idea I was that important enough to deserve that dress. So I walked in to kill half hour by a pair of hose. I walked out with two pairs of hose, a pair of turquoise shoes, and an outrageously expensive beaded evening dress. Can we just unpack that? I never knew that I, I was that... I didn't know, well, she, first of all, she said she was nice. And she said, you really do look nice. What do you do? Well, I travel right. the world. And then she said, for somebody that important, because, of course, she, you know, I'm, you know, I'm on a roll. Oh, how important well, are you? Me. Let me tell you. But it's all about, as Bob teaches you, the experience. Making shopping fun. And I don't care, it doesn't have to be clothes. It can be buying jeans. It can be anything. Buying pantyhose was like, yes. just pantyhose. Yeah. Could have gone anywhere for that. So I, you know, my, and I, you've been so gracious with your time and we have 
things to go. This woman is like, she is the celebrity here. Everyone wants to ask her and tell her stories. I always go back to the time I was first starting out as a speaker, and she gave me three things about my website and uh, really put me on the path. Like, are you going to be, are you going to be serious about being a speaker? It's going to take a lot of work, and I think that's the thing that I say to you all of you. If you'll be successful. It is a lot of work, but what's the option? Sit around and say, "Oh, I wish I could have." I had, you know, Melanie T Tillett is joining us from the UK. She has fifty thousand oh, followers. For who she uh, opened her store with her two daughters. She no one was coming in. She said. We got to fix this. She starts doing Facebook Live videos. Yeah. They now have a VIP club where women share pictures of themselves in the clothes who say, Fabulous. I never would have thought I would have been comfortable with yes. somebody seeing me on a, in a photo online, and now I feel confident. Isn't that what we're saying? That is fababulous, and I don't know if you know my sister-in-law, who is it was rather well-known in England. My sister-in-law is Toya Wilcox, the singer-actress. She's been a legend in England for years. Toya, if you Google T-O-Y-A-H, uh, because she, okay. she's been a star for a long time. Well, that's nice to know. So, Melanie, yes. Melanie thanks for the shout-out. That's yes. good. So, I want to be respectful of your time. Tell me something good about retail. I am a great believer that women enjoy, and, I'm, and I have some male friends who love to yeah. as well, who just like the experience of going out and looking. Yes, it's fine to order online, but honestly, I like to try something on and see how it feels, see does it wrinkle, see what I look like from the mirrors behind. Just make it an adventure for me, and I have credit cards, and I know that's what the young woman thought when I said I want a pair of hose. She's got credit cards. And again, that merchandise can only do so much, because even a beautiful jacket, which again, you'll see at the end, even a beautiful jacket can't sell itself. That's the other yeah. thing. You think that the merch will do the job. No, it does the job. It got her attention. Yeah. But if she'd stopped at the price, you might have said, like like the beaded gown. Yeah, I, I, I'm not that person or whatever. Just yeah. try it on. on. Yeah. Just try it on. So um, tell me, how can we find out more about you? Uh, F-R-I-P-P, Fripp.com. I have plenty of free information. I help perfect sales conversations and presentations and uh, help drive business by how you talk. Absolutely. So Fripp.com, sign up for my blog, my newsletter, look at the videos, and we're all over YouTube, Patricia Fripp. All right, so you're going to school them on what you schooled me at the beginning. So I ca uh, carelessly said something about this thing over here, and Patricia immediately connected me. And what did you tell me about the word? Well, the question I ask my clients more than any other is, if it weren't a thing, what would it be? Be specific. Specificity builds your credibility and gives you a competitive edge. You mean like when I'm talking about that kind of stuff, like that? Stuff should only be used in America when you're talking about the turkey. That is non-specific. Excellent. Well, this has been Bob Bibbs, The Retail Doc, live with Patricia Fripp. Again, if you like this, please make sure you share with your friends. Let them know that, you know what, it doesn't matter. So many people, I think this is the important thing also I want to call out, Patricia. You have no idea that most people did have a background in retail at some point. Somehow they learned yes. it's about somebody else first. Yes. And when they learned that, then they're able to go on to so many other things and put such a difference in the world. So uh, give us some thumbs up. Let us know you love this. And, of course, I'll tag this so you can follow Patricia again. Bye for now. Bye.
And that brings us to the end of another edition of Tell Me Something Good About Retail. I'm your host, Bob Fibbs, the Retail Doctor. Please share the love and tell your friends to subscribe as I engage retailers to share their tips for growing your retail business. Find out more about me at retaildoc.com. That's R-E-T-A-I-L-D-O-C.com. While you're there, you can find a transcript of this podcast. You can send an email to me at bob at retaildoc.com to tell me what you thought of this episode. And or you can leave a comment and share your experience right here as it relates to what we were talking about today. Again, I hope you'll tune in for another episode and good selling.